Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. With me, P. And that Mo, we out here, yeah? We out here in the freezing cold on the roads, but we out here. Yeah, we've got central heating, so obviously we ain't freezing. If you're freezing, I feel sorry for you. But price of living and that, and it cost of living and that is a madness. But yeah, it's love. It's crazy out here. Absolutely crazy. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where all of that came from. But yeah. Christmas is around the corner. And it's actually starting to look a little bit like Christmas. No, it was for one day and then I was like, okay. Yeah, I've but done it's, my still best. Been, it's still been zero and below. So the ice is still out there and the snow is still out yeah. there. Like it hasn't melted. My away. garden is still frozen over. Yeah, yeah, but no one likes the ice. People only care about the snow. And the snow when it's True. untouched. True. Yeah. Like legit. Do you know what? Driving. The- Driving nowhere to his nursery, yeah, the countryside is looking so picturesque. Yeah. So picturesque. But yeah, you're going to say? I was going to say, the night it snowed, me and Andrew went out in the snow so that we could be the first ones to walk in the snow so that it wouldn't be perfect for everyone else. It was great. So that it wouldn't be perfect for everyone else. No, 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 no. So rather... Kind of we antagonistic. This is how no, villains no. are made. We we, we, were, we went to walk in it so that when we went to walk in it, it was hadn't been disturbed by anyone else yet. Okay. You wanted to take the snow's virginity. Cool. Jeez. That's one way to look at it. Anyway, hot seat. Who's in the hot seat this week? I think it's you, actually. For some reason, I think it's you. Mm, okay. Because Mo is in the hot seat for the sexual manipulation. Um, I think I was in the hot seat last week. Well, turned out to be last week. Um, so I think it's you. Cool, I'm ready. Cool. Can I go first? You can. Um, so, I wanted to ask, following your topic about the census and all that data, um, I saw a stat that said, I think more children are now in two-parent households than in the last few years or whatever or that number's at least risen um I, this actually is live so it's not like i even have to hide it we've got mo and gems <laughs> being gangster couple for some reason um but uh, from the south side baby from the south side baby yeah you don't want to get caught sleeping on these parts you don't want to get caught sleeping on these parts you go back home without your trainers yeah how about that how are you going to be gangster and cold at the same time <laughs> anyway um yeah so i was i was saying um yeah number of parent two parent households have gone up there was no detail or at least i didn't see the detail on what that meant but i wanted to ask you this question is a single parent household um better in your opinion than a gay Couple household. Rob, man, we need some thicker struggle, you know. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to answer this question. And before I answer it, are we assuming that this and this single parent is is a Christian single parent? No, we're not making that assumption. No. Uh, then to be honest, well, from a Christian perspective, then the both as bad each, uh, as each other. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, because why? Okay, they, no, yeah, okay, go for it. So, because 
in in both family setups the child will be missing either a father or a mother mm. and and as much as people or like women like to say that okay no, 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 as much as some single mothers like to claim father's day um women cannot fulfill the role of fathers due to the fact that they aren't men and as much as you may try and teach us on how to be a man there's there's a level of learning what it means to be a man that comes from mm. if that makes sense okay and and yeah you can have father father figures in in, in the community um but then i don't know i, I feel like there, there, there always be that element missing and that and and that element can can also be missing in two parent households where the father may not be as present as he should be mm. Mm. um yeah so yeah so i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to downplay or well, I, I don't want to downplay the importance of a father or a mother and a mother so yeah i don't want to downplay the the, the experience because having either but also having <coughs> at the same time yeah if they're both yeah. good yeah um having two gay parents i guess increases the chance of you ending up becoming gay in the that same is- way have we well, well, like I, well, I assume in, in the same way, like I'm sure a, a, a big part or, or, or there was a part of the reason why we're all straight is because our parents were straight. <laughs> so we, we grew up seeing. <laughs> so, so, uh, some assumptions are being made. Oh. I don't say what assumptions are being made. I say some assumptions are oh. being made. What do you mean? I think it's quite logical that if you grew up in the, in the same sex, the same sex parents, you're more likely to end up gay. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, no, no, I no, because, because, you, you... because 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 that is your closest view of what a romantic relationship looks like. Yeah, there, there were yeah. there were studies on how I think women end up with or find attractive men that have the same scent as their fathers. Something along those lines. That's so like, right there. There's a study onto that, so there's some sort of biological bias there. But um, yeah, no, fair enough. Cool. You, you're still sort of begging the question. Okay, so, okay, so so know. in in that sense, I've <laughs> a single parent household is better. Speaking as a Christian, because I feel like it will lead to less homosexuality. <laughs> That is so backwards. As opposed to more promiscuity, because you're going to see mum still playing the field. I mean, we're we're presuming, again, another presumption is that it's a single parent household because mum doesn't know who the dad is. This question is is literally pick the sin. And I feel like when it comes to to homosexuality, that's Mm. two sins. Sin of adultery slash promiscuity and the sin of homosexuality two sins because it's the homosexuality plus the 
adultery slash sex sex outside the marriage. Oh no, but they're married. You forget like the Methodist Church will marry now. No, but just just because you're married doesn't mean God says you're married. Okay. on a on a practical level, yeah. Um, we we have a whole like I come from a Muslim household, and I'm not Muslim. Um, we've got a whole bunch. You also of, come from a heterosexual household, don't you? you? I also come from a heterosexual household, <laughs> and you're not. Sorry, I'm, I'm not. I'm not swinging that way. But I also come from. I also recognize people who come from like safe, wholesome homes, and have safe, wholesome, extended families who have ended up in gangs and have ended up doing stuff that they shouldn't do. And so in as much as the household does provide a the, the foundational understanding and premise and exposure to life, there are a whole host of other external factors that will then go into shape how this person goes about. So I think the person will grow up thinking uh, homosexual relationships are normal and recognize that by virtue of their parents being homosexual recognize okay there are a multitude of different sexual orientations because i see men i see women i see man and woman i see a man who's now a woman who wants to still leave a woman like there's a whole there's a whole bunch of stuff um and so yes homosexuality will be more normative there but i i am also viewing it from a position of less struggle for the kid growing up like financial provision, stuff like that. <clears throat> Not saying in a single parent household, you're going to struggle financially, but there's almost, there are, hopefully, and there will be two people with the potential to bring in a salary, which then means that the person, like now with, with households being cold, mum alone won't be having to worry about how am I gonna keep the lights on? You'd have both dads or both mums drawing in a salary to keep keep the house warm, keep the lights on. And I'm like, you may actually be in a better physical condition with a homosexual with homosexual parents. Just by virtue of the two salaries being drawn in. And I'm like, is that a better trade-off to be secure to be um physically well off to have your basic requirement your basic needs taken care of shelter food warmth like to have those things taken care of i would argue for that so so i think my view is more eternity focused rather than here on earth focused um and and i I mean like sorry I, I recognize that and I also recognize that yo, if you die from pneumonia, you ain't you ain't had no chance to contemplate homosexuality or not. You're dead. You're struggling with pneumonia because it's cold, or like you're malnourished because mom couldn't afford food. Like you know like you know what I'm saying? But yeah, but but then being malnourished and like dying that way means you you you've likely had less opportunities to sin. So you've got a better chance of getting to heaven. What? <laughs> So I, I get, I get, I get the. So, so I'm, I'm going to call Robert now. I'm going to call Robert, Robert Osteen. Yeah. <laughs> 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 them wild, 
theological acrobatics. Um, yeah, no. So, so I, I I get what Robert is saying in that it ends up being almost choosing the lesser sin. Um, but when when I thought of the question, my sort of approach, and and I think that's a fair enough way to look at it. When when I was thinking of the question, my answer came from the idea of the parents and and the burden on the parents, which is along the lines of more in the sense of a single parent, it's one person having to take care of the family. With two parents, there's potential for two. So even on uh, an individual level for the parents, that hopefully would be less, you know, just in general, if everyone's contributing, less stress on the individual in that situation, in the um in the in the household with two uh, parents but that said both of those households are a deviation from what god intended yes. regardless you know and so yes. that's where i i completely agree and and i'm happy with i'm happy with the answer because it's it's a hypothetical but um yeah either case I, I, I both are deviations to... from I would also want to highlight the power of God to work in the midst of homosexuality or in the midst of single yeah. parenthood. And so even with us being eternally minded, the reality is God pulled me out of like watching Charmed and Supernatural. Like, bro, I was I wanted to be a vampire at one point. I watched Blade and I was like, yeah, I want them fangs. I wanted it. Yeah, but you wanted them fangs point- because, because Blade was cool. Not because somehow hey, you had an affinity towards the devil. Yeah. No, well, so, wanna, so the point I'm, I'm making is the point I'm making is my mum will see that and be like, Oh no, the devil's gonna come and sit in you. I know. No. Lady's not gonna make the devil come and sit in me. Like, relax. Charmed is not gonna make me become I'm not gonna be going around doing that, hoping that people freeze. No. Power um, of three, baby. Power of three. three. Did you guys Charmed ever watch the remake? The remake they did a remake of it. No. The last mixed race girls, yeah. Now, the original, the OG3 was always anyway. Those things aren't going to come and put a devil in you, um, but yeah. Well, actually, before before I ask this question, Mm. this is totally random. I just wanted to get you guys' view on Henry Cavill no longer being Superman in in, in DC. It's Is, is he now Wolverine? He's too tall to be Wolverine. I don't think so. I don't, I I don't, hearing, I don't think he's been cast. I was cast. posts about Wolverine and stuff, but... I don't think he's been cast. I, was, I haven't been following and, him, so I haven't And, and, and um, Logan, what's his name? Being, being... I've seen that, I've seen that um, fan casting, but uh, what's his name? I think he's reprising his role in the new Deadpool movie. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he's going to be Wolverine again in the new Deadpool, in Deadpool 3. Hmm. So I, I don't and 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 I feel like um anyway, but it doesn't have to be that short. But Henry Cavill's definitely too tall to be to be Wolverine. But yeah, I feel like have you guys watched um uh Peacemaker? <coughs> I've seen clips, I haven't watched it. Yeah. So James Gunn, I mean, you've watched Guardians of the Galaxy, you you like James Gunn has a particular st- you haven't watched Guardians of the Galaxy? No. Right. Okay. Um, but I know, well, but I know the Guardians. Of the yeah, Guardians. yeah. I feel like James Gunn has a particular... You've watched Suicide Squad? No. With John C. Oh. Is yeah. this guy... Yeah. Suicide, Squad, Suicide Squad is on my to-watch list. I haven't watched it either. Wait, so why are you guys giving me grief when I don't know certain anime? You guys don't watch any of everything. No, no, because because 
so. films like Guardian of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad aren't um, required watching. They are if you want to follow the MCU. Anyway, you know anyway no, no, I'm no, not trying to follow but... MCU. And also, I ain't got two hours to drop on every MCU film. Anime is 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes over for how many hours altogether when you're watching the season? Bro, bro, it's 20 minutes every week. Yeah, over how many hours altogether when you're watching the season? Bro, if I, I can I can go sit on the toilet for 20 minutes and come out come back out yeah, lighter. Watch a movie more 20 educated. minutes. Watch a movie <laughs> nah, 20 minutes in, nah. in, in, in 20 minute chunks. Oh, go and drink a bunch of milk. Have diarrhea. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the point I was making is I feel like they have got a they've got a very clear idea of what they want to do. I just don't know if it's going to be good because it's DC and it's like they've got this very very clear idea. But then also it sounds like it was amicable because I saw James Gunn's post as well, and it sounds like they might actually even bring Henry Cavill back at some point to be something. But yeah, I feel like I feel bad for Henry Cavill because it feels like he gave up The Witcher. Because it seemed that like Superman was going to pop off again. And then The Rock was making all this noise about how he's changing the hierarchy of power. And so it felt like Henry Cavill gave up something that was good in The Richer for this. And this has just been pulled out, out from under him. Apparently, apparently The Witcher wasn't really good either, which was, which was about as easier for Henry Cavill to... Well, no, out. they weren't sticking to it. Because Henry Cavill's like a nerd. He's like a, yeah. he's like a proper nerd. They weren't sticking to the source material as closely as he want to, which is why I made it easier for him to leave. At least that's what the reports are saying. Did you watch um, The Witcher? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Was it good? I, yeah, it was good. It was good. I didn't read the books or play the game. So I found the TV adaptation was all I had and I, I thought it was really good. But, you know, watching like reviews and stuff, you see why people that played some of the games were not as happy with it and why Henry Cavill maybe wasn't as happy with it. But, do you know what? I'm smiling, yeah. I was doing well because I didn't watch. I didn't watch the series. I watched the anime version. The oh, Netflix the adaptation of the anime version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was it wasn't sick. a version. It was a movie, but it was a movie somewhere. Uh, like, it was like a pre. It had nothing to do. Almost nothing to do with the. With the I've never seen The Witcher. I watched the anime. I was like, oh, sick! I saw anime version. I was like, oh yeah, let me watch that. You guys need to get off your high horse when it comes to a lot of these anime shows because you'd be like, oh, have you watched this? And I'd be like, no. Hey, Peter, you don't watch anything. So you get to relax. <laughs> have you watched Chainsaw Man? No, I haven't watched Chainsaw Man. I to watch Chainsaw Man. Yeah. I'm, now, do you know what? Chainsaw Man, I'm watching it, yeah? And I, I'm questioning, I'm like, should I be watching this? These men are going into contracts with demons. I'm just like, yo, should I really be watching this? These men fully be going into contracts with demons and they're like, which demon should they get in contact with? Like, hmm, what can I give up? I'm like, bro, should I really be watching this? But it's wavy. It's wavy. Wow. Do we, do we have, I've been trying to get people onto Chainsaw Man since 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 the manga. I've been I trying to tell people, no one wants to listen. They saw the anime, they finally understood. Bro, I'm trying to finish, I'm trying to finish Attack on Titans. I'm halfway through the third season. I'm trying to finish that. So it's only four Does seasons. Does it stick so, to yeah. the manga? Like the whole way through. So do you know what, yeah? I had I had read the manga up into I think season two. Hmm. And then I lost track of it. So yeah, up up into season two, they stick fairly closely to it. They stick I fairly the end closely was to it. I'm not there yet, so I can't comment on that, boy. 
Yeah, it gets super, it gets super, super meta. But yeah, why is it so hard for anime to come up or manga to come up with, with good endings? Same, same, same with Demon Slayer. Apparently, Demon Slayer had a bad ending. Um, it doesn't have a bad ending. It has an anticlimactic ending, which, which is a bad ending. <laughs> Fair fine. What's it though? Um, I, I found the premise to be um, quite repetitive. What for Attack on Titan? Attack on Titans, um, Jujutsu Kaisen, Chainsaw Man, Naruto. After watching Naruto, Naruto had a good like, ending. No, 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 no Naruto it's, had a no, definitive the premise, ending. The premise, the premise, not, oh, not sorry, the ending. The premise. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like you have been like you have somehow gotten this amazing power, and now you need to go through the process of mastering this power whilst also dealing with the social ostracism as opposed to, as a result of that power. Jujutsu Kaisen is like that. Like, if he makes one mistake, if he sneezes wrong, they're going to kill him. They're already trying to kill him, which is what they're trying to do with Naruto. Um, Demon Slayer. Actually, no, Demon Slayer isn't... He, he, he holds something that he doesn't know that he holds. And so, obviously, the demons are coming after him. But then we've also got um, Chainsaw Man. He gets this demon, and now the gun demon is trying to come after his heart. I'm just like, bro... Are we just gonna rehash the same concept? No, it's definitely different. Yeah, it's different. It's yeah different. but that's when you start going into the romantic anime like this guy does. Yeah, you know, <laughs> watching your lie in April and stuff. Yo, like. you're lying. <laughs> hey, do you know we've deviated strong from our team? It's okay. Man. I don't care. This, this is a great conversation. <laughs> Mo, ask your sorry, not sorry, man. Yeah, go for it. Um, oh, I've even forgotten where the sign up. So, no, you had asked a question. Okay, MCU. Yeah, I, I haven't followed it, so I have no idea. But I think whatever his name is, he actually portrayed a really convincing Superman. Um, yeah, he, I think he portrayed a really convincing Superman. Um, I haven't enjoyed Superman films as much as I have done with him. Um, there's there's a lot of emotion, a lot of nuance in his acting that I'm like, yo, he he portrays it well. There's a humanity that he has as well. Um, I felt like he was too stoic. Like, like, like he, 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 I mean, he didn't portray the light you would presume Superman portrays. And the the reason I like that is because you almost saw the hu- the human wrestle that he was going through. I think he did a good Kalel. I think he failed as Clark Kent because okay. Clark Kent is what brings the levity to mm. that like that stoicism. You know, you feel the most powerful man in the world. <laughs> That's a complicated thing to be, especially when you've been raised as a human and you're dealing with that, you know, that struggle of you are this powerful being, but then you have been given human values and, you know, the the Boy Scout thing with Superman. I think he did that relatively well, considering the direction that, you know, the directors wanted to go in. But I feel like the thing that makes Superman's alter ego believable, and they haven't really done that, to be fair, but is the fact that Clark Kent is such a bumbling fool. And then that's the one that the, um, is it Matt Reeves? Um, the guy that did it the first time round and um, uh, in like the Reeves? 90s. <laughs> Christopher Reeves, sorry, not Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves directed Batman, sorry. Christopher Reeves, I feel like his Clark Kent did that very well. So yeah. that there was such a stark difference between him and Superman that, it, you know, it, it makes for a more well-rounded performance. But and then also, these, the movies haven't focused on Clark Kent at all. And- and also, I, I always liked how there was the, that dichotomy between Metropolis and Gotham City. Gotham City, yeah. In that Gotham was this place that Batman was trying to um, make better, but he, 
he just couldn't keep up fast enough with Superman. There's no reason for a crime that can happen, mm, you know? and yeah. that's why it was so great. Such a beautiful, people place. He yeah. never really got that from the Man of Steel movies. That yeah. Super, yeah. Um, Superman being there made Metropolis kind of like utopia, or as much yeah. as a, a much a utopia as can be um, yeah. here on Earth. But I digress. <laughs> You, yeah. you got a question? Yeah, I've got, got my question now. I've got my question now. I've got my question now. Um, so I have heard an argument for parents allowing their children to believe in Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny and all of them things there. Um, the argument being around um, feeding the imagination, the wonder of living, um, stuff around that where it's just like not draining um, the, the child of a sense of awe and wonder as to the magic of what life, the possibility of what life can, can bring and stuff. Um, obviously, I still stand in Santa Claus ain't real. That present is from me. That present is from your auntie. Like, Easter Bunny, you might have an Easter egg, but the pagan things there, nah. We don't have a Christmas tree. That's just, I'm not getting at you if you have a Christmas tree, but I'm just saying, like, we, we, we draw a line on them things. Um, but... Biblically, how would you navigate that in terms of if and when you have kids? Um, biblically, what is your thought process behind whether you're going to allow them to, or you're going to play along with, oh, the tooth fairy is going to take your tooth and put a pound under your pillow. Um, the Easter bunny is going to lay Easter eggs all around the house. And you're going to go on an Easter, Easter, um, Easter egg hunt. Santa Claus is going to climb down our chimney, even though we live in, in South and we ain't got chimneys. He's going to break through the window. Um, yeah, like, biblically, how, how are you going to navigate that? It doesn't have to be explicitly, like, John Free, whatever, whatever, but just, like, yeah, your sense. Um, okay, so, so like, the two, the, the two biblically aligned ones that come to mind are Christmas and Easter. Um, Easter... I do like the idea of a nice Easter egg hunt, to be honest. <laughs> I, I know you would. I know you would. The <laughs> smile on your face when I said it, yeah, I was like, yeah, this guy's on it. Whether, whether I have to um, stay, um, what's, what's the word? Not attain. Um, attribute that to Easter Bunny. Maybe not so much. Uh, you, can, you can tell the kids about Jesus's death and resurrection and then have a easter adjacent event in easter egg hunt and easter egg painting all of that stuff um just just as a fun activity um i don't think that i'll, I'll tell my kids that there's easter bunny i might just because if it seems like a nice playful thing to do um so for father christmas wise yeah I might do Santa Claus for a couple of years and be like, okay, let's, let's get real. Um, I think, I think for me, as long as it's not something that is shaping their life, I think it's okay for them to go along with it for, for, for a little bit. Um, because they will eventually grow, grow, grow out of it. I don't, I don't think Father Christmas and Easter Bunny are life altering concepts 
you know, in the same way you grow up, you learn that wrestling's fake. You learn that <laughs> you learn that Power Rangers is a real. podcast. You know, you know, with with uh, with Power Rangers, I legit thought that they actually had um, builder size Megazords <laughs> that that they were getting to do these fights all the time. Bro, bro, when I first heard Fuji's "Ready or Not," yeah, I legit thought they were being chased by the Border Patrol. Like the, the video, the videos they were hiding, and I legit thought they were being chased by Border Patrol. I'm chilling, watching the TV, like, yo, are these men gonna make it? Like, I was invested. Um, yeah, you know, like thinking it through as I'm talking, I think that I think I'd be happy for them to work out these things for themselves, because um, they'll, they'll, they'll be surrounded by. They'd be down there to try and spoil everything for them anyway. And they could hate them instead of me, who's, <laughs> who's rigging, rigging the truth. Um, because then where do you draw the line? Are they then not allowed, not allowed to sing about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Are they not allowed to talk about Frosty the Snowman? You know, like if, you can, if you're canceling Father Christmas, you have to cancel everything else as well. If, if, mm. if not, it's like, why do you draw the line just at Father Christmas when there's all this other Christmas adjacent stuff? Yeah, um, that I'm walking through it. You know, um, that, that cartoon, I got locked off as well. Are you gonna not put the scarf on the snowman because snowmen don't really get cold, so they don't need the scarf? You know, how far are you gonna take it? I think as long as they're not doing anything demonic, just let them do what they're doing. And then, and then as they're trying to hold us, the they get all the conversations to help. Yeah, um, trying to hold the seance to help things. Santa Claus coming to the house. Yeah, bro, don't bring the Ouija board into the house. But apart from that, you can play Monopoly. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think on on our part, like obviously we're like. Santa Claus is not real, blah, blah, blah. But we, we very much engage with like Santa Claus type um, content. So Paw Patrol has a Santa Claus episode, um, like Jack Frost, there's the film Jack Frost. I actually think that film is sick. Yeah. Like, I like, I like the notion of that film. Um, and it's very much about like believing in something, believing in something. Um, yeah, I like, I like the notion of that film. Um, but I'm like, like, yeah, Santa Claus ain't real, isn't it? Um, Jack Frost ain't real, Easter Bunny ain't real, all of them money ain't real. Um, okay, so, so, yeah. so, 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 like, what happens if, if like the kids are at school and then they've got like Father Christmas dressed up coming to the school? Would you tell them that that's not really Father Christmas? That's just the guy in the in the costume. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, I'd be like, yo, some, some people believe in it. So if they want to believe in it, that's cool. But it's not real, isn't it? And but I try not to do it in the Yeah, no, I mean, so my, my, initial, my initial sort of reaction <laughs> to the argument that this is stealing, stealing away from them a sense of wonder, I think that argument is stupid because, <laughs> like... Nah, what? How is Santa Claus and Easter Bunny the only contributions to a kid's imagination? Like, there are incredible stories in the Bible that are historical, 
that can equally like feed the kids imagination why does it have to be these stupid random arbitrary nonsensical things you know like i i resent that argument because they don't that get said, presents from it you get the holy spirit from it and it comes with lots of gifts not <laughs> 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 that playstation here's the thing i think and and i think i'm actually more aligned with both of you in the sense of like i'm not I'm not going out of my way now to make the point that Santa Claus isn't real. Mm. In part because Zara doesn't really know who's that. Well, Zara, my daughter, doesn't really know who Santa Claus is for me to then make a big stink out of that person not being real. Um, there's a there's a Santa's Grotto at the, one of the shopping centres near us. And we went and Zara wanted to go and see Santa. Um, and I was like, yeah, but it's £5. I'm not paying that. And then, <laughs> and then, like, another day we went, Santa wasn't there. And I was like, yeah, maybe Santa's not working today. So, like, she knows that's an employee, you know, that's someone who works in the mall. The presents that she's getting for Christmas, she will know, will come from mum and dad or grandpa Fletch. or whoever. There's Fletch. no, I'm not. There's I'm a main tag for the thing. Exactly. Father Christmas isn't breaking into my house. And if someone comes into our house that we don't know, that person's going to get hurt. So it's like, I, I'm not making a big deal out of santa isn't real she'll figure it out herself but i'm also not playing into that stereotype or playing into that um that uh folk tale you know that i'm not saying santa will bring you anything you know i'm I'm like no be a good girl because you are a child of god and we are good people and that's what will make god happy you know and i think her imagination is fine we've been playing a game where she tells me what she dreams about so she'll tell me a story um, and I'll tell her a story if I dream about something or something. And it's like, every now and then I'm like, tell me a story and she'll come up with a story. It's starting to get a bit dark. She's like, there's a spider on your eye. I'm like, yo, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I yeah. think those aren't the only contributors to a kid's imagination. Um, and so, yeah, I... I I, th- I think I wouldn't make a big deal out of Santa Claus isn't real and you know all of that, but then I also wouldn't play into, I wouldn't play into the the story because she needs to know that Grandpa gave her this, not 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 Santa Claus Facts. sort of thing. Yeah. Bro, when you mentioned a spider on your eye, yeah, it reminded me of a priest that I had a conversation with who said that um, they they just had a new baby, so everyone was sleep deprived. And his son was telling him a story about wanting to take his teddy bear into space to see um, the teddy bear's eyes pop out because of the vacuum and then to rip the teddy bear's head off. (laughs) (laughs) They they, they can't get dark. They can get dark. It's like... Imagine the teddy bear eyes pop out and then rip the head. I'm just like, brother. Well, well, so random side note if you let your kids watch YouTube Kids, specify what videos they watch, not just the channels. Because we had one channel and it was like, Thank you, Jesus, for the air we breathe, thank you for the food we eat. And then the next one is how the grandmother killed a dog. And <laughs> it's like, it's like one playlist of stuff on the channel. It's, it's like, weird like super weird stuff where they've started off with christ and so we're like because zara only watches superbook and like educational stuff on youtube 
but we've obviously seen that and thought, okay, cool, that channel's all right. And then it's like, oh yeah, the the dog got killed and got stuffed in the bag, and it's like, yo, what's going on here? So yeah, yeah, just be mindful. They allow you yeah, I think they going around with tree. with some. Oh, there was something. I think it was called like Momo or something. I was going around on like children's YouTube, telling kids to like commit suicide and stuff. I heard about that as well. Yeah, yeah. I heard about that. One one brother it's walking into random stuff, talking about length way for attention, width ways for for results or something. I'm just like, yo, yeah, yeah, that's mad. It's mad. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Great. Okay. Okay. We're already at like past the half half an hour yeah, mark. Yeah. So. Because um, we went to talk about anime. Oh, it's important. It's important. Speaking about anime and all things artistic, Moses, you had your first exhibition this week, didn't you? Yeah, 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 I did, I did. Do you know what? Funny enough as well, when we started the podcast, I was editing pictures that I took of my children looking at it. at the exhibition. the exhibition, I'm looking to drop that on either link. I'm both LinkedIn and um, Instagram with a little soppy of, caption. There's a few levels of mot- uh, meta there because it's pictures of your kids looking at pictures, pictures of themselves of the, yeah. in the exhibition, which is kind of kind of yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, do you want to take us through the highs and the lows of putting the exhibition together? Mm. Do you know what? Um, this this was definitely one of those things where I felt like God threw me in the deep end um, to help me swim, to help me come out of my comfort zone, to push me out of my comfort zone. Um, giving my own, like, left to my own devices, I, it wouldn't have happened this way. Um, I had planned to do physical exhibitions at the start of the year, but I was overthinking it. And then I um, I decided to do two small exhibitions. So the first one, which is uh, Form, which was on my Instagram, I literally shot that in a day. Um, we had gone out on a retreat and I shot that in a day, came back home, edited it and stuff. And with Waves, which is all about the wrestle of embracing of my value, um, look at seeing the water as a, a division between myself and my land of heritage. And recognizing that for my children, the the ocean doesn't separate them from their land. It it, it it's the border of their land. Like they were born here, and so to them, oh. they're British. I was born in Ghana, and so there's that there's that divide which the ocean presents. And recognizing that my struggle is going to be their their struggle is going to be different from mine. Um, but how can I almost prepare them? Um, not even prepare them, but to help them establish a sense of value and worth um that mingles their heritage and where they are currently um recognizing that their history isn't just slavery or whatever um that we focus on on black history month and stuff like that but they've got a rich deep history um but they're also forming history as they live um so that's what this one is about. Um, the, the high points was actually getting it done. Even through the process of knowing that I was thrown in a deep end, I still had absolute faith that God was like God was going to take me through it. Things are going to come together on the day. I had a great team on the day um, helping me out. 
and it was the day after it snowed it was the day after it snowed yeah and they literally came one of them came from northwest london other one came from east london um came down to just help me plan not even i'd planned it but like set up to post yeah and it wasn't even that they just came um peter you might want to mute yourself um <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't even a fact of they came but for some of them they actually put their money where their where their mouth is they actually mm. like spent money to help me put this up um so it's like it was dope just seeing people riding for me that hard and even seeing yourself and other people those like two people that came through to come view the view the exhibition i was like yo you man came through the snow you man came through like train cancellations and stuff to come see this and i'm like i deeply appreciate that um so that that was a that was a high point see having the images delivered um thinking through the stuff just seeing my kids taking pictures of my kids at the exhibition and stuff was good low points was just the logistics the logistics was a headache mm. um i printed off the images um on a tuesday there's a three-day printing time and then there's a one-day delivery time but i need and that they don't do weekend service i needed the images before monday so i was like yo i'm really hoping that i've actually caught the window I did, thankfully. The building that I was using was on a jolting, absolute jolting. They weren't responsive to emails. They weren't, yeah, I had requested the boards to be in the room. I had requested a room to be emptied. I had requested like logistical stuff and like uh, projectors and stuff. Um, I had ordered, they had told us to get the easels to be delivered at half nine in the morning. Delivery man got there at half nine. No one turned up till about like 10 past 11. And so logistically, yeah, it was a nightmare. Um, So obviously you've got the courier service belling us, Vex, like your our drivers out there for almost two hours and no one's there to collect it. So now we're having to try and mitigate things. I'm having to rush down to Kingston to try and move things. I'm like, yo, like I don't have keys. I can take it, but I'm just gonna have to chill outside. So yeah, it was it was it was a headache just logistically, um, but everything came together by God's grace, and yeah, it it was good to just have my work in that space and to allow my 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 work the room to breathe and to be what it, what it is meant to be, um, and recognizing that this is just the first step. Like there, there's going to be many more exhibitions coming through. Like my work is geared for exhibitions. So I'm going to start working on bodies of work now and everything is going to be geared towards an exhibition of some point. Like, a, yeah, it's, it's made for the corporate space where people come in and interact and have conversations and stuff and ponder on stuff. So, yeah. And I think the main thing that stood out for me was that this felt like ministry. Like, okay. like it felt like ministry. Um <clears throat> with it with it um being around value for those who for those who preach for the most part before you give a, a sermon you're tested on that sermon yourself you go through something in relate relations to that sermon um and bro like this this exhibition was on us embracing our value and literally a week or two before that 
I was at one of the lowest points that, I, that I've been in. Like mentally, emotionally, I was finished. I was I was literally contemplating suicide. I was out. Um, I felt I felt like I had no one around me. I felt like no one wanted me. And through prayer, through counsel, through people being around me, I've been able to get to the point I'm, I'm at right now. But there's a certain level of appreciation for not just community, but who God has made me now. And I'm like, yo, like the level of testing that I had before this exhibition has been unparalleled even when I've been given messages. I haven't been tested this much. I know pastors who like hate to preach on Job because they're like, yo, I'm not, I'm not ready for that level of testing. Mm. But it's like, I haven't, I haven't been tested like this before um, in any message that I have preached. And, it, and so not only on the day, seeing how it impacted people, but recognizing all that I went through before it, it really feels like ministry. So yeah, it's just like, okay, if this is it, I'm going to press into it more. I'm going to kind of see what, what God is saying um, and almost be mindful of the, of the tests that will come before the big day, recognizing that this may be the pattern. Um, yeah, so if I got an exhibition coming through, I might be hollering the furnace to just be like, yo, man, them, I'm going to need a prayer team just around man real quick or something because, yeah, going through that again, solo, myth, I'm not doing it. Oh, well, it was really good. Really, I really enjoyed seeing all the images and stuff. And then, and, and I really enjoyed you you having, like, the sound of the sea in the background as well. Mm -hmm. Just like... Yeah, I did to the aesthetic very nicely. I must come on. Yeah, hey, my bed is looking yeah. long in the video, you know. But yeah, hey, sure. Hey, 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 hey. Sure. I was like, oh, I sound too deep. Let me make sure that that uh, misconception. Let me let me switch it back up again. Man. Let me switch it back up again. Let me get right. back into ends. So I wanted to talk about something else today related to art. I don't know if any of you have seen. This image, hold on. Don't show us anything pornographic, please. No, no, no. I don't know if you guys have seen this image floating about social media at all. No, no I haven't I... seen it, but I understand, I understand the, the premise. Yeah. I haven't seen it either, no. So, <laughs> so for those who don't know, so AI-generated um, art is on the up and up recently. Mm. Um. And I think the way it works is people are feeding lots of images to like different algorithms and stuff, um, telling the algorithm the kind of images or painting that it wants, and then it will take the information and then create different artwork. Um, I know like like a few weeks ago there was this app called I think it was called Lenza, where people were, where were feeding this this app um, a picture of themselves, and then it was coming up with all these different images and I was looking wavy and stuff and <laughs> you know I was just, and so I, I went down the the AI art rabbit hole and just started watching videos on it and stuff and I was thinking AI art might be the future and if so what does that mean for human art and creativity going forward I, so 
this this took a big um this got a big uh push because there were a couple of open source AI um that were released. Um and that's what a lot of the apps have been jumping on. Um and obviously it's is learning as more people give it more prompts, give it more um images and all of that. I think and, and this is still fairly early the AI, while it is advanced, is not. It's still in the early stages. So if you try and do some of the, you try and give some of the prompts to create text and stuff. Sometimes it struggles. It's like stop signs and things like that. It struggles with hands. It's still early stages. However, the point I'm making is, I think AI will do for art a similar thing. Um, IKEA has done for like handmade pieces. It just means that the the artistry by human beings, however we figure out a way to determine that, because that's the other thing is, do you even know if it's done by a human being or by AI? Um, but it will just mean that the value of art created by human beings will go up and be much more selective because it will be a lot more competitive. Um, and then there will be a lot more commonplace arts that's generated by AI, AI in the same way as you know you can now get an IKEA table I've got like a nice five foot table IKEA composite wood you know nothing artisanal about it and you can get that or you can go and get like you know a proper um, oak wood hand finished hand stained piece and that would be like four five six times the price does that make sense Hold on, one second. I don't understand why Moses is eating during the podcast. I don't think I didn't see him eating too, Peter. <laughs> I was a lot more so subtle about it. No, you weren't. Oh, hey. no, you, were just, hey. you were like this. You can eat as well. <laughs> you can eat as well, yeah? Yeah, but I didn't come back chewing like my, my man here. <laughs> I'm not this sure. is real life, though. Yeah. This is real life, yo. We're not, we're not professionals, we're human beings. <laughs> so, like, but the, the difference I see between, like, IKEA tables and normal tables is how does one tell the difference between human art and AI-generated art? And that's, that's what I'm saying is that's what's going to have to be the thing because right now there isn't anything specific that shows and um, we're going to have to figure that out and eventually we will because... People are going to start submitting this for competitions. Oh, they as have has been done in the past. Yeah, they have. Yeah. And you know. AI won. <laughs> yeah. Or, or even things That's like AI. AI writers and, and generating like pieces of content. Like you can get some of the tests they'll have an AI generate. Like they'll say, okay, we all know Joe Rogan with his podcast, you know, like mm -hmm. generate a Joe Rogan intro uh, in, or generate an intro talking about. Um, genetically modified food in the style of a Joe Rogan and it will come up with something you know fairly similar to him so mm. there's going to be there has to be work on figuring out how to verify um, where content is coming from um, once they do that that's where I think you know the difference between handmade will be will 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 the, the value of handmade will, will then reflect or, or be reflected in that. Okay. Do you know what? I, th I feel like um, I've, mute, I've turned off my camera because, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I, I muted you when you did that, but yeah, yeah, just 
unmute as um, as, uh, as needs be. Yeah, um, I feel like I feel like AI are almost because of every advancement of of creativity, there's been backlash. So when um, calligraphers transition to typography, there's been backlash when it became digitized. Because now it's like you've lost the hand, the hand fill element of typography. When painting became photography, there was there was backlash. Again, you've lost the hand fill because you can just take pictures. Um, when Canva did their thing, graphic designers, some graphic designers were up in arms. It's like, oh, you're making, you're making our work obsolete. Because you can literally just go onto the site, templatize everything, and then keep it moving. There were there were some people that transitioned well, there were some people that didn't. And I feel like AI art is in the same vein. The AI art that I have seen, I have been able to distinguish between real pictures and not real pictures, simply because of the um, the almost painterly feel to the pictures that made it seem as though yo like this isn't real. But if one of them has won a a competition, then I'm assuming that there are a lot more sophisticated AIs out there that can replicate pixels or whatever from a camera, which to be fair, can be easily done. Um, I do feel like this now pushes creatives to actually work on their craft and not focus on gimmicks, not focus on riding the waves and stuff. So it's slightly different because in 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 you know all the examples you gave, what changed was the technology of the tool. You know, you go from painting to photography, it's the tool that has changed. The 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 artistic eye to be able to see a landscape and paint it is the same sort of artistic eye that will see a landscape and take a photo of it. You know, yeah. um that's the picture that won the competition. Yeah, it doesn't show really well on my on my thing, but it's actually quite very wavy. I'll send it to the group yeah. so you guys can see it properly. Yeah, so, so there's, yeah, that there's there's still an element of the creativity of the individual shines through. The problem I think here is it's AI generating the art based on a database no, of other. Oh, it is. I should have let you finish. I should have let it you finish. So in in the sense of in the sense of it's it's algorithms that take um take a um take information from so many different sources puts it together and generates something based on your prompt that's the only um that's the only sort of input from the individual is the prompt but mm-hmm. so that's where it becomes a bit different i'd kick back in saying like even the bible says that there's nothing new under the sun and it, it could be argued that any art that's being created, that's being created by even any of us, has been inspired by something that's come before us. So yes, how, but it's been we... inspired by something that's come before you through your lens. The problem here is now there is only one lens, which is the algorithm, taken from a much, much, much vaster database of information. Like literally, this is the thing. If you're saying to an AI, generate a intro so one of the things that um i saw was it generated an introduction to a podcast it was the mkbhd podcast generate an introduction to the podcast 
in the style of MKHB, the MKHB, the MKBHD on this topic. And the prompt itself, and I mean, still it's in its infancy, so you can see what the algorithm is doing is, okay, this is the topic, go and find X number of articles on the topic, find the various keywords that keep popping up, find the context of those keywords, stick that together, then go and find podcast episodes from MKBHD, look at their intros, find the key words that keep popping up, put those together, fill in the keywords from the topic and spit it out. So it's still, it's it's a fairly, you know, simplistic model, but it's in its infancy. The problem is now that AI is generating this. This is not, it's, the prompt is, and I guess that's where your skills come in and your ability to write an interesting prompt. But then you've got, it, it's no longer, that that doesn't I don't think that represents the artistic input of the individual in the same way as painting to photography to Canva. You more can do something in Canva. I go and grab Canva and do the same thing, and it'll be significantly different because in as much as we're using the same tool, you've had X amount of exposure to typography to photography. You've nurtured your artistic things in these way. I've just had PowerPoint and you know Ghanaian slideshows. So it will be very different what we're still using the same tool for. But then when it comes Mm. to just the prompts, in the same way as like Google, you start getting auto-suggestions, you know, and and a lot of it ends up being, it reduces the amount of input from the individual, which is why I think it's very different. Whereas the Mm. tool and the change in the technology of the tool still allows and still requires the artistic input. It just changes the way that that input is used. But then couldn't it be argued that now the input, so now the input isn't based on how much, how many hours you spent developing your craft as an artist. The input is now based on how many hours you spent in terms of crafting the algorithm. So couldn't that be But you're not crafting the algorithm. So that algorithm being crafted by one set so the the two open source ones i think is two the two open source ones are being crafted by so uh, however many software developers and web engineers and 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 you know software engineers that are contributing to the algorithm you aren't but then could you argue that being able to come up with that perfect prompt is an art in itself no. In the same way as being able to come up with the right Google um, question to get the answer you want is an art. Is it really an art? You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, mm, it's an art. But, it's, it's, it's an art. It's, but it, how it, much it, it of it is... It takes a level of understanding what the algorithm is looking for. And at some point... No, that no, ends no, up coming... no, no, because because algorithm is looking for what you're telling it to look for. As opposed yes, to... but then it will look for that based on your understanding of what it understands by what's your... Mm. <laughs> it got metal there. <laughs> your understanding of how the algorithm understands what you are trying to suggest. So when you're Googling something, like if you're Googling a recipe or you're, you're trying to find something, there's a way that you phrase the Google search, you know, and you'll find that some people recognize actually it just needs ABC keywords. Like when I'm looking for something on Google versus when Anita's looking for something on Google is very different because I understand how the algorithm works. So I'm like three keywords that I know 
will bring it to it and maybe Anita's much more descriptive now it'll still do the same thing but that's not really an art in as much as it is just familiarity familiarity um, and that's what's happening with the AI thing so would you say that the person creating the algorithm is the true artist in, in all of this it's not a person the individuals that are but in a very different way the, it's artistry in it's creativity in engineering and software engineering not in art mm. no no no, no but 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 art i feel like art can take so many forms and being able to even create an algorithm there's an art to that there is an art to it. it's art. just not the same i would say more ahead, creativity man. than art yes so in the same way as, as, yeah, yeah. Hmm? the person that designed the paintbrush to use in a in a painting or whatever there's a certain level of creativity there there's also a certain level of engineering there that person might not necessarily be the best painter there is that's another type of art then the same way there's there is of course i mean you look at somehow how some of these algorithms work that one uses diffusion something um i can't remember what it is what what the name of the the algorithm is but it uses this it's a style of algorithm whatever yeah there's a creativity to it. it it's very 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 high level engineering but that doesn't that doesn't translate to the art it's being used to produce mm. i would almost see it as like um a programming language where obviously to use a programming language you need a certain level of understanding now the programming language is very logical. And so you can approach it from a very logical sense where Peter's like three keywords, X, Y, Z, very efficient, get it done. Or you can be very flamboyant with the way you code. Add in extra lines, add in extra flares. Even the way you lay out the code can be very creative, can be an art form in and of itself. Or you can just approach it as a very logical sequence of events. Um, and so that the, the AI is almost... Um, the programming language and what you put into it is the code that you've just spat like you've just programmed it with and what it comes out with is you running that program and so there is a collaboration between the language and the programmer the ai and the person who's actually setting the thing um and there you can either approach it as more logical or more creative um also saying, I agree with what you said, Peter, in that there is a difference between a human, like all the examples that I gave was very much still human generated, but this one is like, it's solely an AI generating everything. And even the, the conversations that I have heard a lot around this is um, plagiarism and ownership of, of work. So as photographers, I can literally put into it and be like, AI, I want a, a portraiture in the style of Gelade. And I'll, I'll feed it my images and then it would go through Gelade's website, his Instagram, his Vimeo, whatever, capture his style and then morph my images into his style. And so right there, I have just made Gelade redundant and I have something that rep like re replicates his work. How do we avoid that? How do we hold AI what? accountable? How do we, yeah? But then how would that be different if you just understood what Gelade style was and then took pictures in Gelade style? 
because you actually understood it. You've you've deciphered creatively, and actually, artists are encouraged to do that to develop their artistry. But they're not doing that to just be a replica of Gelade or to replace Gelade, but then to go on to develop their own styles, which may be influenced or yeah. And, and that's where what you said, uh, Robert, about there not being nothing new under the sun sort of comes into play because then what inevitably happens is it's it's Mo's interpretation or it's Mo's um, expression of Jolade's style that then comes out, that then becomes its own unique thing, which is cool. And, and again, as, as has been said, normally that's even one way that um, some people encourage you to find your own style. But then to also, as you work on your craft, as you understand your basics, you then filter that through and then it becomes a unique thing that's your style. The problem with this is it removes that step because now it's not, unless the person wants to, there's no attribution. And there is this um, algorithmic production of Gelade style with Moses' pictures without, without attribution, without without more even understanding the style and, and, and doing it himself or having his 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 fingerprint on it, you know. Um, so, so, okay, so, you, you know, back in the day, I tried to teach myself how to, like, do artistic stuff on Photoshop, but I go, but, but I go on YouTube and type or something again, this is how you do this on Photoshop, okay? Mm-hmm. I understand what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I just knew if I followed these steps, it would yeah. create this result. Yeah. So based on that, because I don't, I didn't understand the steps of what I was doing to create a picture using Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that my art is plagiarized or not as good? Because I didn't understand the steps I was using in Photoshop to get to that end result. Not necessarily, because those steps that you use in Photoshop, eventually you will start to, if you kept on doing it, and even if you stuck with it, what you start out with and what you finish with will not always be the same. So they they ends up becoming a tool to achieve something and you always start from this picture you follow these steps to get that if you keep on doing that fine you're just reproducing the same thing but what will happen is you will start to develop your own taste and your own style and again photoshop is a tool so you start to find oh actually this element actually i prefer more or i like my pictures with this sort of sheen to them or whatever the case so again it's a matter of developing and that's why you work on your craft and you understand your basics you then use what tools and use what people have learned to then in, in influence yours. And that's the same thing is maybe you watch that same video. You know, we, we we all tend to learn stuff off of YouTube. I learned a lot of DaVinci Resolve off of YouTube. Mo did. Mo learns DaVinci Resolve as well. But then when it, comes to, when it comes to editing, I imagine we will have very different styles in as much as we're watching the same thing because there are other influences on what's the finished product looks like to us that then still has a unique fingerprint of the individual that's creating it and again that's what's removed with this whole ai stuff what i was going to add as well is with your example with photoshop arguably you're learning the technical skills yeah in as much as you are following the steps you're kind of getting the same results but this this is looking at the technicality with, and that's we do that with anything when you learn maths like you're not saying you're plagiarizing the teacher you're learning the steps to to solve a quadratic equation or whatever it is you're learning the steps then you're able to apply that to another question when you 
go through science, whatever it is, you're learning the technicalities. And with any creative pursuit, even if you want to learn how to draw, someone is going to teach you how to hold the pencil properly. Yeah. You're not plagiarizing the person, you're learning the technicalities. And so I would I would make a distinction in the Photoshop thing as you weren't, this it, that wasn't, in as much as you were, it was a creative pursuit, but that instant was more technical in that you're Photoshop learning the technicalities. Of the, Photoshop yeah. is just a tool yeah. to, 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 to mold your art. Also, can I just say, uh, Minus B plus or minus the square root of B squared minus four AC over two A. Jeez, I still got it. Formula, formula. I still got it. Man, did you Google that? No. No, no, no. He's been. He's been. No, no, no. I saw you. No. I saw you typing on your on your keyboard. What keyboard, bro? Must must go full screen. Okay, final question. Um, in this era of AI art that is coming up and this almost this era of AI creative just coming up. What impact, if any, do you think this has on us as image bearers of a creative God who has given us creativity as well? Hmm. Mm. That's a good question. I think I think it pushes us deeper. I think it pushes us deeper. Um, I think it opens up new avenues to to be image bearers, um, to be creative. Um, and for those who feel called to actually create work, it pushes us deeper towards excellence. Now, excellence for one person may look like a stick figure excellence for another person may look like a Picasso. And so excellence isn't necessarily a lifelike drawing or whatever, but excellence in your context. Um, but I feel like I almost, I almost would liken it to the improvement of medication. Like how has that, and it's not, it's not like a direct correlation between creativity and medication, but in the Bible, we see a lot of examples of people having no other option but to pray for healing. And now, bro, you can you can go to the pharmacy and go and get paracetamol. You don't necessarily have to pray. Um, but it you pushes still us <laughs> you can, Bro, you can still pray, and I, I would actually encourage you to pray. But it, it pushes us into this position of um, almost engaging with God a lot more intentionally and, and slightly differently in that if you want to see science, if you want to see healings, then you need to be intentional about that. Mm. Um, because of the, um, how abundant medication is at the moment, the NHS is free unless you're in another part of the world. Um, but just with the abundance of, of, from the medical field, and I do see the medical field as well as being a blessing from God. And so I'm not necessarily seeing this as like, oh, you shouldn't interact to the medical field. Um, but it challenges faith and it pushes us deeper in a way that um, actually en can enhance the faith. I don't know. I can't think of any at the top of my head. I'm trying to, but I can't. Um, but yeah. 
I think I, th I wonder if this is a question we can answer because we are of a generation that precedes this technology and we're seeing it come to play because the question I keep asking myself is is this a tool or is it a shortcut and I think it will come down to the next generation and how they use it that will determine that determine whether it becomes a tool that they use or a shortcut and you see the same argument made you know musicians that you know would play in a live band and record a live band and stick all of that on vinyl then look down on those that will you know use a, a synth a synth board or whatever a midi keyboard or whatever to create the same sorts of sounds and they're doing it all digitally from their bedroom and it's like it's just the difference in tools but it's just here it feels different because it's not necessarily a tool However, what I've noticed is, in as much as the technology comes, people find a way to make it a tool or find a way to use it that makes it a tool. So it'll be interesting. I wonder, when we think of Christian art, we end up thinking, well, I'm making this art to please my father or to encourage people. And so if I write a poem and I perform it in front of the church, I'm hoping the church gets something from it. I'm hoping God is pleased with it. But then I'm also hoping God is pleased with my effort in that thing. Now, if I create a, an AI-generated poem and I share that at church, am I taking credit for that? How will I feel about taking credit for that? How will God feel about me taking credit for that? Will he be like, well, really good keywords that you used in your prompt there, sort of thing. And that's where I think I struggle to answer the question because I don't think, I thinking from my point of view, I can't. I will never be able to present an AI-generated poem as my own. And so I'll never view it as art that I created. You know, I feel like, maybe not now, because I, I haven't seen much Christian poetry re any, re recently. But back in the day, mm. <laughs> a lot of Christian poetry just felt like keywords people <laughs> put next to each other. Yeah, mad. Yeah. And you know what I was just thinking? You know what I was just thinking? One day, we could potentially have AI-generated sermons being be, being preached on a Sunday. Only one day. If it isn't already, I'm sure you can write a prompt for it. I'm mm. sure you can. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, create a sermon based on um, this verse in the style of a Joel Osteen. So, do you hey. think if there was a church that followed... Oh, no, if there was a Sorry, church... I was going to say as well. Sorry, let me just say this oh, um imagine someone's going through a hard time um and they're like no yeah outside the question i'm like yeah this is iffy but they're like um a psalm ai the keyword is almost like a psalm um on depression and like oh yeah this reflects the way that i'm feeling I take I take that example back because I'm like just go read the Bible, just <laughs> don't try to AI generate scripture. Let's not do that. Oh, you, you, yeah, you, you could you could AI generate you could AI generate an encouragement psalm in the sense of a Psalm 23 or something like that. It wouldn't be scripture, yeah. but then what it you could also do is you could also surface 
like verses which is you know you like you have books like oh where can you find it in the bible or you remember those small little new testaments and at the back there'd be like a glossary of anger and then there's verses on anger and stuff yeah, like that yeah, yeah. you could also do that to surface verses but then again i feel like all of those fail because of the reason that the bible was given which is not just as a reference book or as a user manual but rather as a um, introduction to a person and so I think it fails in that sense so you, you could very well do it I just think it will fail to achieve what the Bible means to achieve if you use it in such manner cool alright I think we've talked enough about AI we need to be careful before they're listening and they try, they try and take over the world let's, let's at least wait until we die before they do that great <laughs> hookups I'll go first so my hookup is a game, a mobile game, Ooh. just got released, actually, um, and it's called Ninja Must Die. Okay. <laughs> it's actually a really cool, it's like a really cool, um, I don't know if you ever watched those stick figure animations, and they were like stick figures fighting, and it's like proper stick figures, like DB, DBZ style fights. Um, but this is a very, very um, visual, story-based, um, well-packaged game. Um, it's free, so you can grab it on, uh, on. at least I've got it on App, um, Android. I don't know if it's on Apple yet. I imagine it will be. But um, yeah, Ninja Must Die. I'll include it in the links. Cool. I'll go next. Um, mine is a book. It's on Audible. It's about like... Oh, I finished it. Let me see how long it is. Five hours, five and a half hours long. Um, but it's a book called Reading While Black. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... I, I really, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed re- uh, listening to it. Um, it kind of goes through. It's got, it's got quite a few chapters, and it treats each chapter as a complete entry in and of itself. The, the guy who, <clears throat> the guy who wrote it, Esau McCauley, studied biblical Greek and biblical Hebrew, so he reads like the Greek uh, Bible. Greek version throughout it and like tries to translate some of the stuff from the Greek but just making an argument that um, we can't divorce our experiences from our reading of the Bible and um, our experiences of um, oppression um, and empowerment and stuff like that all shape the way that we, we interact with the Bible. He tries to chart a a path between the black radicals and the black liberals when it comes to reading the Bible and just tries to interact with the Bible from a from a sober place and looking at various um, themes within the Bible and certain arguments when it comes to race and, and stuff within the church. And yeah, it just goes through it. It was, it was a good read. It was definitely a good read, and it's it's a <clears throat> it's a lighter read 
there are definitely a lot more heftier black orientated Christian books. Um, so does that mean that, does are, that mean we should get? So that mean when we read the Bible and we see Simeon the Niger, we should get upset because we're reading it as black people? No, no. Okay, just check it. <laughs> um, but you know what? Yeah, I've been in church. Ser- I've been in church services. Yeah. Where the black people have all been like, oh, how's this person going to pronounce it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's been tense. You can see, you can see sweat forming on the person's head top. Um, but yeah, it, it was really informative and just recognizing that um, even the individualized reading of the Bible is something that the Western world propagated. But within Afro-Caribbean community, there's definitely a communal grounding in how the the, uh, Bible is understood. Um, Both have their pros and cons, um, because obviously communally, if someone is mistaken, then everyone just takes that false doctrine. But with the individual side, everyone is, is, is more relative. People are like, oh, this is what I got from the Bible. This is what I got from the Bible. Um, So again, recognizing that yes we are to yeah but i'm giving it away if you're on it go read it reading while black esau mccauley um it's a dope book he if you want to get a snippet of it actually he was interviewed by the bible project on their podcast so they have they have a conversation with him where he kind of goes into nuance and stuff like that of the book and challenge he actually calls them out on their own on their own podcast which was dope oh um yeah 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 which was dope because he's like yo I've, I've written other books but no one wanted to talk to me about it until i wrote reading while i was black and now that there's a political climate around race everyone wants to talk to me why is that and then you could you could hear them like grasping for words um which i thought was good like he stuck it on them um so yeah if you want to listen to a podcast beforehand the Bible Project. It's one of the earlier earlier podcasts, so you might need to crawl through the the listing. But yeah, they do interview him. Cure my hookup is also a book one that Peter might find interesting or useful. Six hundred and forty two stories to write. It's a book of like um, writing prompts. Um, I'll just read a couple. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just prompts, and then you have to write a story based on the prompts. So this one says. Literally just going through it. A store in your town has been holding a going out of business sale for as long as you can remember. Today you see a help wanted sign. Yeah, in so there's that. Uh, um, and that one says all five sisters showed up at the funeral. Um, last, Why did that take last you one back says, to that? Sorry. She's, uh, she started working as an artist model at the age of 90. So it's, it's, it's a whole bunch of just random prompts for you to write and write stories on. Looking for inspiration on Ryan Peter? There you go. That's dope. Oh, and I have the best title for this podcast episode. It's going to be so sick. <laughs> and it was generated by me and me alone. I've been thinking about this since like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> nah, cool. All right. Um, shout out to you for the intro outro music. Calvin Turner for the Ordinary Image logo. Twitter at the Fantasy UK. Instagram at TBS Furnace. You can email us at tbsfurnacehotmail.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the Blackest Furnace, no apostrophe. On all good pod- podcast websites and apps to Blackest Furnace with an apostrophe. That's it. 
So this is the blacksmith's. <gasps> I just realized this is the last podcast the listeners will hear before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you guys in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's releasing on Sunday, right? Eh? No, Monday. People release on Monday. Yeah. No, no, no. I really, I don't, I don't, well, I release on, my, on Sunday when I fail. Um, but yeah, when I, if I'm on point, I'll release it on Sunday. Okay, well, I've said it now, so I'll release the next one on Monday. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll you, record you, the next one not, on the 22nd, which is before re- Christmas. Yes, but we're not going to. Yeah, but it, it doesn't go out until day, after Christmas. I can put it out on Christmas Day. No, because no one will listen to it then. Bro, the who's going to be listening to a podcast on Christmas? I probably will. You won't. You've got a child and wife. Yeah, they'll be sleeping. Bro, I'll be when, driving or doing this. I'm going to message Anita to be like, don't let Pia listen to any podcast on Christmas Day. Yeah? How? When I'm doing dishes, what am I doing? Watching Chainsaw Listen Man, to... baby. I'm on. Listening to Christmas no, carols, I, yeah? I, I, Listen to no. Christmas carols. Demonic stuff. I only, <laughs> I only watch I only watch anime in subbed, so I can't watch it and then read the subs at the same time. You can. Do it's called, called multitasking. Anyway, let's round up. Cool. Well, this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. I oh, yeah. them. Oh, also, Whipton. also, apologies. Nice apologies. Yeah, yeah. Apologies to the listeners. I had fufu. I had to eat it immediately because if you don't eat it when it's hot, mm-hmm. then you might as well not eat it at all. So that's why I had to. You know. I had kebab meat and chips. From MX though. Yes, sir. Alright, well, thank you guys.